Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 26th episode of The Soccer Scene and with myself and Noel O'Connor for this evening as we discuss various subjects regarding Treaty United and the Electricity League. Noel, I suppose we have to start with the defeat last week to Waterford, an arrow 2-1 defeat. In many ways, for Treaty, it was a game of two halves. Noel, utterly dominated, you'd have to say, in the first half by a very impressive-looking Waterford side. Second half came out were much better, more compact, and obviously could have scored two goals as well. Lee Devitt had a big chance and Callum McNamara had a big chance. And even at the end of the first half, obviously, Enda Curran missed a penalty. So, you know, despite Waterford's dominance, Treaty could have easily came away with a point as well out of that game. Yeah, look, the, you know, you're right. The first half, I thought, it was probably the best 45 minutes or so outside Cork. I thought actually they were even better than Cork in, in that 45 minutes because um, the speed that, that they were playing and uh, particularly in the wide areas, the way their fullbacks um, overlapped, they really put the treaty back four under tremendous pressure. And there was some, some really good football, some really good intricate passing to be seen. And uh, they scored two two decent goals in fairness, and they probably could have had a few more. Um, it was a real Jekyll and Hyde performance out, out, out of Warford because whatever happened at halftime there, they kind of came out a completely different team. And uh, they decided to to sit in and and hand the initiative to Treaty. And in fairness, to Treaty, they took that initiative on. Absolutely. Um, it was noticeable as well, Noel, that Tommy Barrett had a really strong bench to call upon. Probably for the first time this season, a, 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 a sorry, excuse me, a bench of that strength. It's fair to say you had the likes of Joel Costrain, Willie Armstrong, Martin Coughlin, Colin Conroy success Erdogan, Darren Collins on the bench, all would be considered at this stage, you'd imagine, senior players outside of maybe Colin Conroy, to be fair, who's still still very young and eligible for, for underage football. So that is a plus in itself. And also, obviously, we're hoping to see Jack Lynch maybe in the next week, maybe two weeks, coming back into the team as well. And it's probably at the right time, to be fair. That is, and we forgot to mention Mark Walsh. Delighted to see his name um, on the bench. And I think, you know, probably something that we're going to talk about at some stage, and we have been uh, touching on the last few weeks, is the central midfield uh, situation at the moment. And certainly um, it'll be good to see Mark Walsh back because obviously he he can play there. You know, he quits himself well there, or he can also go back as a centre half and renew his partnership with Sean Gearns and let um, Callum McNamara back into the middle. Mm. But... Um, I think you're right. I think it is a very strong bench. Um, and I thought, in fairness to Willie Armshaw, he made one of his trademark impressions when he came on. And obviously, success Erdogan coming on, um, albeit a bit late, I thought, the way the game was going. But he lashed onto a great ball from uh, from from Jack Brady to drag the to drag Treaty back into the game and, you know, just gave him a real chance of getting uh, what looked like a very um, unlikely point. Yeah, certainly. And you mentioned success and that was something I picked up on. Obviously, now he's got two goals in his last two games, a really good strike against Usher and he said a different type of goal, but equally impressive against Waterford. That's something you pinpointed, Noel, that, you know, he might give you something different over the top, you know, keep defences honest uh, compared to maybe, you know, the likes of, of an end of Kern. Um, I know Dean George has pace, but success really has a blistering pace and, and you know, defences will be fearful of that. He'll be high on confidence and listen to his interviews after the game, he really has ambitions of, of certainly breaking into the team. So considering Endicurn has 11 goals this year, Dean George has 10, no success has two. It's really hotting up in, in the forward department for Treaty. It is, yeah. And I just felt that 
whatever it was with um, Enda Curran and Dean George, they didn't really function together on, on Friday night. Um, and, you know, there's always this talk around about playing two up front. And, and I thought particularly out when 3D were out of possession, you know, they didn't contribute a whole lot. I thought they could have uh, contributed more. I spoke to you about Niall O'Keefe and his performance there as the Waterford holding midfielder. I'd always say to my second striker that, you know, his job out of possession would be to deal with that sitting midfielder. And uh, he had a poor start in the game, you know, a, a couple of very loose touches, picked up a yellow card after eight minutes. Um, yet still, you know, I didn't see any of the two of them trying to make an impact out on anyone Watford had possession. And uh, you mentioned Lee Devil's chance as well. It actually came from Niall O'Keefe being what I felt was out of position. He he drifted a small bit out to the wide areas. And as the ball came in, it seemed to go under his foot. So um, I thought it was an area that they could have exploited a bit more. I think someone like Success, you know, who there won't be any kind of doubt about who's playing up top <clears throat> if he's on the pitch, whether it's Dean George or Endicorn with him. You'd expect him, you know, to play in the last man. And obviously, we're going to talk about the match on Friday night and Cork City, you know, and I think it is important maybe that he gets a start. I don't think they to lose by starting him. And as you say, it'll it'll keep that back four on us because so far the games with Cork have, have you know, the return has been really, really poor in terms of performance and any kind of result um, in, in the three matches so far. Yeah, and we gave a great deal of discussion, Noel, to the competition in the wide areas for Treaty. I know that you're always an advocate, Noel, of maybe playing one flair player on one side, but also always having one side particularly safe, um, when, especially, I suppose, when you're playing opposition like Waterford. Um, you had Matt Keane and Stephen Christopher got the nod, obviously, ahead of William Armstrong, Joel Strain, who had played the last two or three games consecutively on, on either wing. What did you make of, of that decision, Noel, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it, really. I mean, Saboella was unplayable in the first half, no matter who was in front of him. Stephen Christopher and Matt Keane both uh, had goals at that. Um, do you think maybe when Christopher and Keane play, maybe it's it's too safe, or do you think that it was the right call? Yeah, I suppose, look, I didn't think ne neither of them played particularly well. I saw a lot of, 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 of Matt Keane. I suppose I'd kind of put Stephen Christopher's performance down as kind of anonymous. I don't really know why, but I just didn't see a whole lot of him. Um, you know, I think in terms of defensive work, I think Matt Keane would always score higher and has, like, not looking at Friday night, but his overall contribution the last year and a half. And um, I think he's probably probably be important again on Friday night. Um, I know he changed him at halftime, which was fine the way it was going. Something had to happen. And uh, as I said, I thought Willie Armshaw brought a bit of life into the game. But I think, you know... Part of that was the fact that Wadford seemed to stop attacking and uh, the, a lot of space opened up all over the pitch because, you know, they, they obviously sat in a lot more and, and they kept their full-backs at home. But um, in terms of Friday night, um, it's, it's difficult. I, I probably would be looking maybe at Matt Keane and Willie Armshaw. Maybe again, overall, Willie has been in good form the last four or five weeks in general, and Matt Keane, as I said before, he makes you solid, and I think they're certainly going to have to be solid as well on uh, on on Friday night. Yeah, and I'd just like to put on record as well, I didn't think that the team selection overall of a 4-4-2 against Waterford at home, to be fair, was a safe selection. Uh, you know, they obviously, 3D were looking to, to get at Waterford. It just didn't work out that way in the first period, and obviously Tommy did make some tactical changes and personnel changes. 
in the second half. Um, Noel, we, as you said, the midfield conundrum, we did discuss it you know, briefly last week, you know, that maybe we don't feel the dynamic dynamic is is perfect right now between the, the players in there. Obviously, you mentioned Mark Walsh come back in. You'd imagine it'll take him a while to, to get up to speed. I don't know how long Mark Walsh has actually been training, but obviously the nothing beats actually getting back into the team and, and, and playing games. We know Jack Lynch is probably another couple of weeks from being back. You know, there is probably a, a couple of alternatives that Tommy could look at if you wanted to, you know, put other players in midfield. For instance, if he wants to play Darren Collins, who's come in at right back, he could probably put Ben O'Reardon in at centre-back and push Callum McNamara back into midfield. I know Callum has played well in the defence, but, you know, you do feel, obviously he's been very good overall in, in both midfield and defence. So, I mean, that's one option. There, there are probably alternatives before relying on Jack and Mark as well, I suppose. Yeah, look, it's difficult at the moment and you, you don't like making too many changes, particularly going away to turn this cross bringing a guy in for his debut and making two or three changes to, you know, a defence that overall has done okay. I thought it was the, the full-backs, really, that got the the works, for want of a better word, on Friday night on both sides. Um, there was relentless um, pressure on them, and even Mark, L- Mark Ludden showed that pressure, which normally you wouldn't see from him. In, even in the second half, when they started running at him again, I, I think he, uh, he, he picked up a, a yellow card. Um, I just think that Joe Collins, you know, he seems to be desperately out of form. I'm not quite sure what he does, um, certainly this year. And I've and I said it already, you know, you probably need someone in there or two guys in there that are going to run around a lot and uh, try, and, try and win headers and tackles. He, he looked like he played a little bit better in the second half, Lee Devitt. Um, I'm not so sure whether that was because of the change in the middle or the change in the Waterford mindset. But uh, if you're looking, I suppose... Someone like Connor Melody, maybe, you know, with his experience, I know he brought him on as well. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of openings for him at the moment in terms of the wide areas and up front now, because we've mentioned three three strikers, which, you know, are in form. So um, a guy as experienced as him, you know, and he's a physical presence in there as well. Um, you're not looking for miracles in there, but you certainly, you know, you don't want to be overrun and a guy like him could maybe do a job there over a short period of time until the likes of Mark Walsh and Jack Lynch are, are back fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that uh, Tommy Barrett Noel was a bit spiky afterwards in, in the interview on the official club page that, that I saw uh, conducted in that when he was asked about the Wexford draw, obviously Wexford had a draw against Galway in Galway and I know Trilly did that feat as well a few, a few weeks ago. But as we have mentioned, Wexford seemed to have really no fear factor when it comes to playing the, the full-time teams. You know, obviously got a very good result against Stoigo. Uh, you know, got a very good draw in Cork when, when Cork seemed to be blowing everyone else away in the league at the moment. Um, just to name two and obviously draw with um, Galway as well, as I just mentioned. But, you know, he, he replied by saying that he, everyone maybe thinks, or implied that maybe everyone thinks Wexford are getting promoted despite the fact that 3D United are still two points ahead of him in the table. Um, do you feel, Noel, like maybe that, you know, there is an overemphasis on, on how well Wexford are doing and not enough on how Treaty are doing? Or do you think that maybe that, that's that's an un, unjust comment as well? No, I think, and look, Tommy said that Wexford might be promoted and he might be right. And it wouldn't be the first time that they've got promoted because they've been promoted before. Um, you know, and their, their results have been very impressive. Like, they, like they certainly are improving. I'm, I'm sure that, Tommy feels a little 
a little bit of pressure, like because whatever he would say, you are looking at the results around, um, you know, what your nearer your nearest rivals are at. They also beat Waterford below and Waterford one ill as well. Yeah. You know, and I watched them recently. They were at home to Cork. I think um, Treaty had a free night, and uh, while they lost one ill, they played really, really well, and probably even dominated the possession. So. They are a very, very good side. Um, they're going very well. And um, they certainly are going to be a real threat, like, you know, for Treaty and Longford in terms of one of those playoff places. And three into two won't go. But um, I'm sure we won't know for a while yet how it's going to go. But I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, the optimism drained away. I mean, before the Waterford game, everyone was talking about maybe the chance to drag Waterford back in, but that's totally gone now. I mean, they're 11 points ahead of Treaty, and judging by the performance, you know, they, like they won't drop enough points at this stage of the season to, to be dragged into this battle. Um, 11 points ahead of Treaty, that's 13 ahead of Wexford as well. So um, they are well out in front. Longford obviously had a big win as well, Noel. I know that they were heavy favourites going into the game against Cove Ramblers, so that wasn't unexpected. Things can change, let's be honest, very quickly in this league. Uh, you know, so this week again being pivotal in some ways, but you know, Treaty, as you said, they have to go to Cork. I mean, whatever about Waterford, Treaty have got joy against Waterford this season, and in fairness, got a draw against Galway as well. Cork are the one team where Treaty have never looked, and Tommy did say it himself that they have been battered comprehensively in the, the previous games. I suppose the only solace you can take, Noel, is that in those other games they had played Galway before they played Cork. There is more of a rest period. They have a stronger squad going. So you'd be hoping that they'd be in it for longer periods and maybe obviously be hoping to concede a lot less than they have in the previous games too. Yeah, and I suppose it's important that, you know, they don't finish, if you like, with no points, you know, from Cork. And uh, their performance have been poor. thought they were very poor the last time in terms of, you know, you talk about that Galway game two or three nights before, but, you know, the game was practically over after 15 or 20 minutes. You know, if, if it had gone to 60 or 70 minutes and maybe they were hit with a couple of late goals. But um, I just felt that it was it was a feeble effort. You'd like to see a lot more resilience. And uh, and I think it is important to, you know, to point out that the likes of Wexford can go and match Cork, if you like, in terms of possession and in, in terms of performance and maybe lose by an odd goal. And that's... And that's what you like to see. And I, I think we had a conversation about that. You know, they're talking about full-time professional clubs in, in, in the first division, but people need to realise as well that, you know, we spoke about Shelburne last year winning the league. And I think only about six six players of, of the 20 or 22 of the squad they have are, are still actually playing for Shelburne in the Premier League. You know, and uh, I actually looked at that car team and... Um, while they are very pretty to watch, I, I'm not sure not so sure how many of them will be around if they do happen to go up. And it looks like that they will go up, if not as champions, well through the playoffs if they can. But um, you'll probably see something similar. Maybe maybe six or eight of them will be around next year for the Premier League. So you know the the idea of the full time team in the first division possibly is over egged around here. It it certainly isn't in in Wexford, I think. And uh, maybe because of that mindset, you know. They've had better results, but there'll be no excuses this week. You know, a fairly strong squad, a full week to prepare, and certainly, uh, you know, plenty of uh, feeling that we owe uh, Cork City one, and we need to put down a marker this week. Yeah, certainly. And and now that you mention it, Noel, obviously we 
we know that teams always put out different messages to the media, managers, players, managers like to tell players what to say maybe or you know guide them in that direction but one thing I, I felt that was refreshing was the new signings in the last couple of, of weeks Ben O'Reardon and Success Erdogan have heard them say that this team is going for promotion and I want to be part of that that seems to be the, the message from them I mean that was fairly refreshing to hear as well uh, you know and, and, and obviously you like to hear that from players coming in that they have that determination and that ambition Absolutely and we've said it before well if that's not the reason then What's the point of the whole thing? You know, and we saw UCD last year, you know, that probably would be the least likely. And and funny, the way it's going now, and like there'll probably be times maybe between now and the end of the season where Treaty are sixth, maybe, and it looks like it's gone. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of games, you know, the whole thing turns and they get in in fifth uh, fifth position. Well, then they they could actually be the team with the, you know, the best mindset, if you like, going in. And it's, it's often that team that just scrapes in at the very end is the one that does the best in, in the playoffs, you know, because they take on a life of their own. And these lads want success. And look, you know, the fact that they've come here, you know, obviously they have to travel a bit more. You know, they want to play in the league, that you know, and they want to improve and they want to do better. And, and they're exactly the kind of guys that Treaty need. Yeah, the easiest pun in the town, success wants success. But yeah, obviously there's a daunting task for Treaty, as we know, Friday. But doubled with that is the fact that obviously we know that Cork, are, when, in general, have great support. And all When they're winning, they add to it even more, um, no matter what level they're playing at. We've seen that in the past when they've been in the first division before as well. So that's going, that's going to be hard for Treaty to deal with. The only thing is, Noel... You'd be hoping that players relish that challenge because that's that's why you play in League of Ireland, you know, to try and play in front of bigger crowds. And also, I do remember, you know, from back in the day, I remember Limerick FC when they went on that that mad run under Martin Russell, and there was a, a few thousand at, at a Cork City game. They were flying high at the time in the Premier Division. These two teams were at the time with John Caulfield, Martin Russell, and Paddy O'Connor actually who was now at Lincoln managed to get a winner for Limerick FC and, and they didn't have any fear going into that game. So obviously that that would hopefully be the message from the likes of, of Tommy Barrett and, and Brian O'Callaghan to the players is that, you know, we always talk about free hits, but now you have to go out and, and prove that it is a free hit and, and that you don't have any fear. Yeah, look, Treaty's farm has been pretty good the last four or five weeks and you're right. And something that we would have touched on here as well early in the season, you know, that big crowd for Cork, it, you know, it, it brings its own pressure. And if if Treaty can keep it at nil all and maybe nick a goal after 25 or 30 minutes and quieten down the crowd, you know, and it's, it, there is a bit of pressure on them. You know, they, they'll know how desperate that Galway United will be, to, you know, to try and claw back that that gap between them. And every point is precious from here on in. And, um, you know, the tie can turn very quickly. And there's certainly a lot of good players in, in the Treaty team. We know that guys with Premier experience and European experience. And they will certainly won't have any fears about going to to turn us cross and they'll feel maybe that they've, you know, that they've underperformed this season as a whole against Cork. And this is our last chance to, uh, to address it. Absolutely. The last chance, hopefully for Treaty to rectify it and hopefully they can gain a positive result. Um, my thanks once again to Noel for joining us and we will be reviewing the game next week and obviously discussing other matters through the game and for the game after as well for Treaty United. Um, also as well, it's, it's notable that the Limerick junior soccer season starts Thursday, Tuesday week, excuse me, with Division 3A and 3B, but the Premier Division kicks off on Thursday week, August 18th, and we are obviously in the process here at Sporting Limerick, hopefully, of bringing a regular Limerick Junior podcast uh, with access and availability to clubs, and we hope to have some pre-season 
uh, previews, excuse me, before we, we go into the season. So hopefully you can see a lot of that content coming over the next 10 days and we will be able to bring that to you. So thanks once again for joining us and we hope to see you next week.